You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. No Maddie Rose, still in the country, shaped like a boot. Uh, the franchise, he covers the Flames for Sportsnet, Eric Francis, uh, joining us in studio again for the entire week. I, I think we've had some fun. Um... I think today is today's possibly the biggest day of your broadcasting career. Is that right? Maybe I'll learn to push the button. Yeah, like right it, again, it's a solid start to your uh, to your <laughs> Wednesday there. Um, I think today could be the biggest day of your broadcasting career, interviewing Joey Jaws Chestnut at the top of the that next is, hour. You know, uh, as a young journalist, you you don't really have a bucket list per se, but you have a you have dreams. Yeah, and there there it is, right there, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, on a on a platter. Yeah, right in front of a me. hot dog platter, if you yeah. will. Yeah, I'm um, gonna feast on them. Now, um, we have not one but two pairs of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival on the weekend, the Friday Saturday night. That's uh, a big prize. It is. I've heard. I, I when I say I've heard it, I've heard the Badlands because I can hear it from my house. Yes, it goes late and it goes loud. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's a, a cool good spot. It's yep. a cool venue. Uh, it's a good vibe there. Um, we have tickets to give away for the Friday and Saturday night. Uh, we've asked you on the 960-960 text line, give us a question you want to hear Texty McTexterson ask Joey Jaws Chestnut. And if we pick your question, boom, you win a pair of tickets. And I, I've, I've, uh, I've said that after we talked to Dave Dickinson at the bottom of the hour, I want you to pick the question that you think is the best one. Okay. Texty McTexterson will play a few of them, and then you'll have to pick which one gets asked to Joey Jaws Chestnut. Help find it. That's part one of our ticket giveaway today, because we're playing Impossible Flames Trivia at 8.30, where you have your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag. But this is the second part of the Badlands Music Festival tickets. I want you at 960-960, name and location, and we'll give these away at the end of the show. Give us the competitive eating name you would give Mr. Eric Francis. Oh. 960, 960, name and location. <laughs> give us the competitive eating name you would give Mr. Eric Francis. Um, It's Joey Jaws Chestnut. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's his nickname, Jaws. You give him that? Because you guys go way back, right? We do go way back, but I did not give him that no, nickname. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, I had a nickname in mind when I interviewed him the one time, and I told him, Mine is George the Gorge Russick. There is a Niagara Gorge, Niagara Falls. I was born there. Makes a ton. Gorge is a huge. You can throw tons of food in there. He really liked that name. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, George the Gorge Russick. We need one for you. What would be your competitive eating name? Eric Francis, 960-960, name and location. If we pick your name, you'll win the tickets, a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival Friday, Saturday. Am I picking the winner of that too, or no? You are. Yeah, mm. I can't. That's Patrick. I can't what pick, do you think, producer Patrick Dumont? Yeah, I don't think you can pick. No you can't pick your own nickname. You're no. not like, hey, start calling me T Bone. <laughs> like Eric, you can't do that. No. Eric's gonna pick the first set, and uh, George, you can get the second. set. Okay, I'll yeah. pick the second one. What about interim Cal? No, maybe interim Callum. No, I'll I'll pick it. He's got to do the stampede report. He's got he's got stuff. Yeah, there's stuff going on yeah. at the stampede. And Leave the stampede it to report. the gorge. Leave it to the gorge. Yeah, yeah. George the gorge. Do you, do you have one? What you would be, Patrick oh, Dumont? God. Uh, Patrick the destroyer Dumont. Uh, I don't know. 
but it has to be food related. Yeah, feed bag or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, they're flying in uh, right now here. Nine sixty nine sixty feed bag. Uh, name and location. What would be the competitive eating name for my man Eric Francis? Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. And if we pick that name, boom, you win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. Uh, we're gonna do that in the eight thirty segment, uh, Eric. And also, uh, we're gonna play Impossible Flames trivia. At 8.30. You've never played Impossible Flames trivia. No, I haven't. It's hard. Um, it's tough. And uh, none of us, uh, no, no, none of my co-hosts have ever gotten it. Matty Rose got close one time, really close. Pretty much no got one's it. ever uh, he, got it. Uh, no, he, pre- he pretty much guessed it, Rick. Uh, yeah, he, one of the first ones we did, like this was like October, November yeah, last year. But other than he, that, no chance. And today, uh, I would uh, I would assume you're never going to yeah. get it today. Sure. But I want to hear some of the guesses you're going to have, and then I'll throw some hints in there. But we'll play Impossible Flames trivia at eight thirty. You got a lot to do today. A lot of a lot of first experiences for you today. Look, it was stam- I was out stampeding last night. I wasn't expecting a big workload today. Yep. But uh, guess what? Yeah, you are. It's game on. You got to play hurt. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. Um, our next guest, um, the former president of the Calgary Flames, Stanley Cup winning uh, general manager. We say good morning on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. To Brian Burke. Hey, Brian, how are you? It's seven oh six. You said you were calling at seven. <laughs> hey, I, to be fair, Burke, I gave I gave our producer the wrong number. You've had like nine numbers over the last four years, so I, I, I had the wrong one. Sorry, bud. Well, be on time in the future. How are you guys? We're good. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I have to ask you, Burke. Were you ever a two or three cell phone guy, or just a one cell phone guy? Two. Oh, I okay. Had two. One. One. Uh, one family and one uh, one business. Oh, okay. But I'm one now. I'm I'm unemployed, so right now I'm using one cell phone and I'm paying all the bills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Before we get into your event yesterday, because I, you know, it, it was another success. Congratulations! But what's next for you? What do you, What do you want to do next? Well, I want to keep working. I don't know what's next. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. And I, I was uh, hopeful of going back with Sportsnet with the media, and that's not there for me. So uh, wait and see. And there's times, I think, when you have to decompress and take a deep breath. I've been out of work before. Uh, I didn't enjoy it, but uh, sometimes you just got to wait. Okay. All right. Well, we wait. We anxiously await your next gig. Uh, good luck there. Tell me about the event yesterday at the Berkey's Targets for Kids, 7th Annual. You guys have raised a pile of money for kids support over the years. Uh, why keep coming back? Because I, I think people really appreciate that you do keep flying back to Calgary to support this. Well, I, I think it's uh, it's wonderful that I have a charity with your name on it. I mean, I was honored when they asked me to do it. And then uh, when they made a change and I was no longer with the Flames, they said, we'd like you to keep coming back. I was like, absolutely. So I'll do it for as long as they want me to do it. And if they get a more prominent local player that wants to take over. If, you know, Nazem Kadri wants to take it over in a couple of years, I would gladly step aside for that. But as long as they want me to do it, I'll do it. I think it's a great cause. It's for kids' sport. It's helping kids who can't afford to play sports get an opportunity to do it. I think there's a huge barrier to entry in a lot of our sports and a lot of our certain economic sectors of the economy where people need help. It's not a, not a luxury, or, or it is a luxury. It's not a not something they can just provide for their family if they're fighting for their lives financially. So I think it's a huge uh, link in the chain for sports in Calgary. I think it really enables people to play sports. And I'm not talking 
this is, this is at all levels in all sports. I'm not talking about, oh, we're going to find the next great hockey player from here. But it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful charity. So it's a fun event. People enjoy it. And uh, weather held up again. So it was great. Uh, and again, the city absolutely appreciates uh, your efforts, uh, Brian. I um, wanted to ask you uh, about the new arena, potentially, that it maybe finally looks like we'll, we'll, we'll get some shovels in the ground here in Calgary. When you were the president of the team, uh, was that was that a was that a frustrating thing for you to, to be playing in that old arena? Was that a deterrent for some guys to, to get here? What were your thoughts uh, at when you were here on the Saddledome, and what are your thoughts potentially with the new arena on the horizon? Well, they need a new arena in Calgary. That's obvious. That's you know, thank you, Captain Obvious, for coming on the show. Right? We need a new arena, and we've needed it for decades. And there's been significant movement and effort, and a lot of talented people have worked hard on this project. Ken King being foremost among them, the late great Ken King. So it's time, and I think there's finally the push between the elected people, city officials, and everyone else that it's time. And I remember when when they were looking for the Olympic bid in Calgary about four years ago, maybe five years ago, the IOC paid a visit. They do an inspection, a site inspection. And they came to Calgary and they said, we have a 40,000-seat opening and closing venue for the opening and closing ceremonies. It's got to be world-class. They signed off on McMahon. I was like, they'll take anything. (laughs) Then they came to... Then they came to the Saddle Dome and said the same thing, and I thought, good Lord, they didn't have any bidders. So you know, it's time. They need a new building. It's time. It's a perfect location. The city needs it. Southern Alberta needs it. Let's go. When we talk about impediments for the Calgary Flames, and that seems to be all the rage everyone's talking about because players left last year and a couple more will be leaving soon, I'm sure. Uh, you know, how do you change that? as a GM in a Canadian market like this, how do you overcome all those impediments? Cause we were talking about it yesterday. And we think the, the real only solution is to just win baby. Well, I, I think, I mean, I'm baffled sometimes by the notion. I remember talking to our players one time in Calgary and someone made a comment about playing in Canada. And I remember I started yelling at them. I was in the breakfast room. I was talking mostly to Matt Sajan, but then Sean Monaghan was there, and I was saying to him, you guys have no idea that when you retire and you look back on your careers, how much you'll treasure the fact that you played for a Canadian city, and Calgary in particular, where people love hockey and love you and treat you with reverence. You'll look back on it finally and say, this was a great place to play. It was my favorite place to work. I worked in six NHL cities, and my favorite place was in Calgary. It's right in my book. So to me... I'm baffled by it. Now, I know there's a tax differential, and that's the biggest single issue with the Canadian teams is the tax differential. We're going to have to figure that out, I think, from a salary cap standpoint. Mm. We're going to have to start using post-tax or net dollars to figure out what salary cap is because the taxes or the jurisdictions with no state income tax have a decided advantage, and all the U.S. teams have a decided advantage. So if you remember, you might remember this, uh, Eric, when I was at Sportsnet, we did a – Joe Resnick is a prominent Toronto Canadian agent. And we did a, a comparison on a player making $5 million a year for the Toronto Maple Leafs and that same player making $5 million a year for Vegas. So no state income tax in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, it's, let's see how – let's calculate to the penny what the difference is. It was half a million dollars a year, take home pay. Half a million dollars a year, U.S., 
Yeah. And that's a $5 million player. That's not a superstar. That's a good player. Mm-hmm. That's not a star. So they've got to figure that out first. I think that's the number one thing. And I don't know how you do that. That's a very complex issue. It takes a lot smarter people than me in the room. But that's the number one thing. Then the other thing is that there, there's other advantages to playing in Calgary. Like every player gets a car in Calgary. When I went to Anaheim, two, two players had cars. <laughs> you got a car deal. You get a deal on suits. You want to buy a stereo? There's a guy that does that for you. Gets a deal on a stereo. So, um, but I think winning is the biggest thing and having a competitive advantage. But Calgary's had a real good team. They're an exciting team. They're getting a new building, it looks like. There's a lot to be positive about in Calgary. I loved living there. Loved working there. Has that ever been discussed at the league level, a, a way to try to uh, make that a little bit more equitable for the Canadian teams, like by, by making it you know net after taxes for the salary cap? I've never heard that. I think, I, well, you heard it here. I, I've talked about it before, but not, not at a league meeting, just in, in doing my TV stuff. Oh. They've, got, they've got to figure that out because the guy in Tampa, for example, where there's no uh, Florida has no state income tax, would have that same decided advantage over a Canadian team. Oh, so yeah. they've got to look at this at some point. Um, we know how how uh, just the salary cap has maybe uh, cut off a ton of movement in the NHL, and some teams are having difficulty managing the salary cap. Would you be okay if we had like a a designated player system in the NHL, Brian, where you can you can pay, uh, let's say, a Connor McDavid, a guy who you drafted and developed, and that that would be the stipulation: as much money as you want, and you only have one of those guys on the team, and he would be the exception, and then the other guys would count against the salary cap. Do you think that's something the NHL should potentially look at and how much easier would that make jobs of general managers? Well, their jobs shouldn't be easier. (laughs) The salary cap has really saved the league. It's been the biggest single development to save the NHL. Go back pre-cap era and look at the disparity in salaries. Mm -hmm. So no, I wouldn't support that at all. In fact, I think it's absurd because Mm -hmm. what's happened is if you have proper distribution of the salary cap money in the league, You'd have teams of one-third, 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 and you don't. you got all kinds of teams that are overpaying and that cap money that haven't achieved a single thing as a team, and yet they're still paying cap-level dollars. So, no, I, I wouldn't touch the system. I think it saved hockey in, in Canada and in our country. Another thing that used to be in place, uh, you know, long before you got to Calgary, but uh, was, you know, the, the, I can't remember what they call the Canadian Equity you know, they used to factor in the fact Canadian that assistance plan. Yeah, and that that they did away with that when the salary cap came in, correct? Yes, but but there. Look, the salary cap. It, it's everyone says, "Oh, the salary cap." We're up against the cap. That's all self-inflicted, yeah. self-induced. So if you're a cap mm-hmm. team, you're a cap team, and you haven't won a couple of playoff rounds. Guess what? Your owner's going to turn to you at some point and say, "Why are we spending in the cap again when we haven't had any playoff success?" Why? And you say to yourself, well, we're probably wasting money at some point. But the cap is set as a percentage of revenues. It works. It's worked beautifully since it came in. I think it was $36.5 million my first year in Anaheim with the cap. So it's worked beautifully. It's going to go up probably five, I would guess, $5 million next year. It's wonderfully. And no, I wouldn't be in favor of any kind of exemption. I've, I've read that and heard that. You'll say it's really hard for these teams to sit under the cap. Well, spend your money set more sensibly. But is it about player movement, Brian? Because that, that just adds more attention and, and just it's it's more fan-friendly when more players are moving because outside of the trade deadline, we, we, we rarely see any player movement, and I'm just not sure if that's good for the league as a whole. 
Uh, I just uh, on free agency, I said there was a lot of movement. Now, how many? How many guys moved? Hmm. Lots of guys moved. With the, with the salary cap, they have to move. Like you're Tampa, you you won two cups. Guess what? You got to start moving people right away. So McDonough goes. This guy goes. That guy goes. L.A. wins two cups. They got to move people. We in Anaheim, we won a cup. We got to move people. So I think it's been great for player movement. Um, no, I, I don't buy that. That's a, an argument that doesn't work for me. I thought it was uh, really nice yesterday to see Nazem Kadri show up uh, late in your event. He's got a busy schedule. He's in town for the Stampede, but he also wanted to make sure he saw you. You drafted Nazem Kadri. Thought that was a nice touch. He wanted to come and say hi and support your event. And I, I guess the question to you is, you know, how is this guy going to? Do you foresee him bouncing back and having a much better year and, and a much better career in Calgary than he started with? Well, I th- first off, the thing about Nelson Cadre is people have to realize is he, he played four years in London in the OHL. When you play four years in London, you're allowed to go. When you play four years in the OHL, you can play in the AHL as a 19-year-old. Uh, anyone else at age 19 has to be in the NHL or go back to junior. So we sent Nas back to the AHL, the Marlies, as a 19-year-old and had him build it with a family. And he started as a fourth-line center, and we told him, you're not getting any breaks. He's a 100-point guy in London in the OHL. We started him as a fourth-line center with the Marlies, then moved him up to the third line, then moved him up to the second line. He's earned and worked for everything he's got. He's been a gritty guy since he came in. Had a big year in, in Colorado, got the big contract, and did not live up to things, uh, statistically at least, that first year. But their team struggled, I think, they were uneven through the year. I think he's going to bounce back, and I think he's a really important part of a team in the right role. He, he's got to be a, a 2C. Hmm. Ryan Burke, former NHL executive, Stanley Cup champion, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose with Eric Francis, Sportsnet 960. The fan, uh, Berkey, if you're Craig Conroy, um, how would you deal with the situation where prominent players on your roster, like Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Noah Hannafin, all entering the final year of your deals when those guys would be key to, to get you into these Stanley Cup playoffs? How would you deal with what Connie's dealing with right now with those players? Well, first off, I, I think Craig Conroy doesn't need a whole lot of advice from me because he worked for some really good people. Mm-hmm. Worked for Jay Feaster, worked with me work with uh, with Tree. I, I think he's had some excellent teachers along the way, and I'm including myself in that group uh, indirectly, not saying taking direct credit for anything, but I think having the influence, it's like I work for Pat Quinn. Guess what? You're better if you work for Pat Quinn. And I did. I worked for Pat. I was a better executive because I worked for him. So to me, he's, he's learned at the knee of some really strong people. Um, I think he's ready for this. I think he's uh, uniquely suited for Calgary. People love the guy. Like, I never started with a job where people loved me. I had some places where people liked me a little bit, but they never loved me. They love Connie. <laughs> um, and I think the number one rule would be, what's the rush? So if a guy says, I don't want to play here after this year, okay. So what, what does that mean today? What does that mean on July, what's today, 12th or whatever today is? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It doesn't mean a bloody thing is what it means. We'll, we'll trade you if and when the deal presents itself, and if not, when that player leaves, guess what? You get back that cap space. You used to fully panic on not getting guys, but, like, I, I never I, – with Johnny Gaudreau, people are like, oh, we didn't get anything for him. Yeah, you did. You got $10 million back. <laughs> you yeah. got $10 million at the bank. Yeah. Cap space and cash back. 
So guess what? It wasn't a total loss. So to me, I'd be like, I'm going to make a deal and move those guys. If they want to get out of here, we'll move them if it makes sense. If not, we're going to wait. If they leave for nothing, they leave for nothing. Brian, your thoughts on uh, Ryan Huska? I mean, uh, he, he was there when you were here in Calgary, and so you must have got to know him a little well, a little bit. Uh, why why should people believe he's going to be, uh, you know, successful as a head coach in this league? Well, I have no question he's going to be successful, and I'm not. I, I'm a big fan. I didn't know Ryan Huska when we hired him, and we hired him, and he came into Stockton, and I noticed the first thing: everyone he listened to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I've had coaches that didn't listen to me. They're like, well, you never coach. What do you know? Oh, I know a lot. I know a lot about coaching. I watched some great coaches, part of some successful teams, part of some real good turnarounds. So I know a little bit about coaching. And I, I think I have value and input. First thing Husk said to me is sit down to, you know, to talk to me a little bit about what we do, what you think we should do. Great listener, and then I watched him bring the kids along in Stockton, and he's just a good teacher and communicator. So I think he's going to do a great job there. I really do. I really like him personally, too. Good family guy. Um, th- <laughs> um, Brian, there's obviously uh, something here in Calgary that uh, they kind of want to change the culture with now Daryl Sutter uh, gone as the head coach. And uh, How important is that to be more kind of player-friendly now in 2023 than maybe it was 10, 15 years ago in the league? Well, I'm a huge fan of Daryl Sutter's, so I'd be uh, reluctant to offer a lot of opinions on that. I do think um, Daryl would admit this, I think, not not so much me. I think everyone would admit it's a different player now. It's mm-hmm. not, and still a wonderful player. The millennial, the guy we have now, people say, oh, they're not the same. Well, they're not the same, but they're still wonderful. The players that play in the NHL compared to the athletes in other sports are amazing. And they're still amazing. They're still wonderful. But they ask a lot more questions. You have to explain things a lot more. And to some people, that's aggravating. To me, it's, you know, I remember complaining about the music when I was in the assistant gym. I hated the music they played in the dressing room. Well, I really hate it now, 40 years later. I hate all of it now. I used to hate most of it. Now I hate all of it. So that's so okay. So do you adapt? You start screaming at the players about the music, or do you just keep your mouth shut? Because the players are like, listen to this old guy screaming at us about music. Because I did it a few times, and players are looking at me like, "What have you lost your mind?" So I think we've got to adapt to the player. It's a, you have to. They ask more questions. They've gone through this in the Canadian military too. They used to they used to, the way they taught soldiers to behave and told them what to do. Take that hill in World War II in the U.S. They don't teach that anymore. They don't say take that hill. They say, guys, we need to take this hill. Here's why it's important, and here's what we think the losses might be, and it's a, it's an urgent objective. We need your help. So they talk them into it more, and I think that's what we have to do with our coaches more is talk them into it. Brian Burke, uh, former NHL executive, uh, Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Brian, uh, congratulations again on your targets for kids. Uh, great event yesterday. Thanks for this, and let's do it again in the near future. Thanks, guys. Be on time next time. All right, we'll try. Sorry, we'll Berkey. endeavor to do that. Sorry, Berkey. Uh, there he goes. Uh, Brian Burke on the Atlas <laughs> Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. I wonder if he could get me a deal on a stereo. Yeah, how many How many, How many? many young guys are buying stereos? What, right? is a, what is a modern day stereo? Is yeah. it just like you a Bose a, speaker? A sweet Sony with like an eight rack for the CDs that move around? Oh, yeah. 
get one of those things, and you hit random, and then all of a sudden you don't know what song's coming up. You have no idea. It's one of the joys of life. That predated the shuffle. Well, well yep. was the, that was the shuffle. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So good. A good yeah, stereo. So I, didn't know, I didn't know if you could get a guy a stereo. Good That'd stereo. go a long way. It would, Managerially. I mean, if you can hook a guy up with a new stereo. So if so if Connie and Huska went to Lindome and go, we have a good stereo place for you right? in Calgary. Yeah. Why wouldn't he stay? And I think that's where they're at right now, if I were to guess. <laughs> good, I, I, that's I, I like still that like 2500 bucks. Like They still sell like these like nice stereos with record players and everything. Mm, like that's right. setups. Like They're like 2500 bucks. If you can get the ones with the that actually hold some albums, too, oh, yeah. like yep. built in. Yep. Woo. Then I think Lindy's here for eight he's more. Here for, he's here forever. Yeah. Um, the head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, straight ahead. Um, you're going to determine which question uh, won our, our contest. The two tickets to the Badlands Music Festival this weekend. We have Joey Jaws Chestnut coming up at the top of the hour. We've asked you at 960-960, name and location, what is the question Texty McTexterson should read to Joey Chestnut? Uh, Eric Francis will pick the winner. Oh, and by the way, part two of that contest uh, give us, Eric Francis, what competitive eating name should he use moving forward in his life? 960, 960, name and location. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, no Rose. Francis, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to the big show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan, no Matty Rose, he's on vacation. Eric Francis in studio all week. At the top of the hour, world competitive eating champion, Joey Jaws Chestnut. Damn it, I keep forgetting the mic. Yeah, turn the mic on. Do you really think he needs an intro? Oh, yeah. Like he deserves one. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly think he's a household name, like. Yeah, oh, yeah, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, um, we have a. Uh, we, we I think we have a winner, don't we, for the best question? Did you pick one yet, or no? Well, Eric Francis has to pick. Yeah, it. Eric has to pick a question. Yeah, uh, you can sneak him in still. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Uh, the question you want uh, Joey Chestnut asked by Texty McTexterson. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. If we pick your question, you win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival this weekend. Yes. Also, the second half of our giveaway, Eric. What would be Eric Francis's uh, competitive eating name? 960, name and location. You get that one. If we pick that one, oh, yeah. you'll get a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival And you can enter weekend. for both. You can't win both, but you can enter for both. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I can't imagine. You're throwing me under the bus. I can't imagine the nicknames people are coming up with. They're, They're some good. Some of them are really good. good. Oh, really? Yeah. They're good, yeah. Why, why do you, you got to look at the dark side of things, franchise? Well, I, I just... I, hey. <laughs> hey, why don't you put a little sunshine in your life? I shudder to think. Yeah, uh, there's some really good ones here. Um, our next guest, always super fun to talk to him, is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, Dave, good if, you were in, if you were in a competitive eating contest, what would be the food that you could really eat a ton of? Oh. I don't. I mean, uh, I'm not going to win any of these. I, uh, I'm definitely. Let's say hot dogs for me in ten minutes, maybe six. <laughs> That's still pretty maybe good. Something like that. That might be. That not might bad. be my limit. So, not going to win any of those contests, especially with the guys I hang around with. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, you're surrounded um, by hard hitting journalism here, Dave. Are you a ketchup or mustard guy? Oh, definitely ketchup. I don't like okay. mustard at all. Any mustard ruins ruins any uh, 
You know, I like like Montreal smoked meat sandwiches. Can't have mustard on them. Can't. I got to really? have like, mayo wow. or something like that. Just can't do mustard. Can't uh, do it. Okay. Breaking news. My I like God, that. I didn't yeah. think we'd unearth something that big. Who, who, who on that? Oh, big. Yeah, who on that offensive line could uh, <laughs> could take out Joey Chestnut? Well, but you, you know, you look at the guys that are winning are skinny. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like uh, maybe who? Just on general, who, who, who think could uh, who could who you think could go up against Chestnut on the team the best? You think? First, who he? Tommy Stevens, probably. Okay. Quarterback. There you go. Yeah. I mean, he has the reputation of eating all the time. And so, uh, (laughs) don't spend a lot of time at restaurants with these guys, though. So, don't have great info, but that's the rumor. That's the word on third. Dickie, before we get into uh, the football stuff, how's your golf game? Wasn't very good on the bye. I played a couple charity tournaments and uh, didn't didn't go overly well. And then uh, then I went out like uh, just with old friends for nine holes just in the evening. And for some reason, pressure off played a lot better out at uh, out at Mickelson. So uh, shorter course, you played it. So uh, yeah. not great still, but uh, hips good. So I'm hitting it better. It makes me feel a little better about myself. My old buddy Dickie, we used to play a lot of golf. He used to be a real like single-digit handicap we used to have some really good matches and now when we talk about our golf game he's always throwing in there that he's got a new hip and all this other stuff. things have changed over the years you know what i mean it's just a different outlook it's called the reality man yeah it is reality that's what it is um, um dave i've i've had the pleasure of playing with eric francis does anybody pick up three or four footers more than eric francis on a green yeah me <laughs> I definitely pick up a lot more than him. He That's makes them, I mean. man. Okay, his chipping and putting game is sweet. It There's is no good. doubt. He's a short game. <laughs> That's why. Good. That's why Dickie and I get along so well, especially when we're golfing. Yeah, that's good. Good, good. You're on the green. You're good. Yeah, good, good. you're good. Let's go to the next hole. <laughs> good, good. Exactly. Let's go get a hot dog with mustard. That'd be good. Uh, no. Dickie, tell me about your your team. It, it, one of the things that was kind of glaring last game was you started running the ball so well out of the gate. And then I'm assuming they just made a ton of adjustments and they kind of shut that down. Is that is that the way it happened? I mean, they did do some adjustments, which was just bring uh, you know bring a few more people down closer to the box, um, bringing a few a few different pressures. Um, but it was also we just got to be balanced. We have to be able to stretch a defense. We have to be able to make plays down the field. And in order to do that, you got to hold up. And give the quarterback time, and then, you know, I, you could tell our receivers, quarterback, we weren't quite and uh, maybe on the same uh, page, or they just hadn't, you know, the, the the angle of the routes, the timing of the routes, just didn't seem to be what we wanted it. So, got to still be balanced. I know uh, for us right now, we're still we're fighting it a bit, uh, and we do lean on our run game when we fight it, but we have to take some chances down the field. We have to try to win our one-on-one matchups. Obviously, uh, the struggles right now with with Jake at the quarterback position. But what what are you telling him? He's still a young guy, still trying to find his way in, into the CFL and everything. But what are you what are you trying to tell him to keep his confidence going here? I don't have to tell him too too much on that. And what I want is just uh, I want him to be able to just feel like he can play free and uh, not worry about mistakes and. But I do want a plan. Like so, I think whenever you struggle as a quarterback, you you maybe you just don't have a plan. You just go up there and you're just I'm going to throw this one. Well, it's not there. You got to move on. You got to have a plan. You got to have a a plan to attack defenses, and your eyes got to lead you to the easy mm-hmm. throws or the right throws. And and uh, right now we're 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 not doing that on a consistent basis. So uh, 
practice matters and and for me you got if you do it over and over in practice that's when it usually translates over better production uh, on game day uh, how tough is it that he's been missing uh, some of his big time weapons there to build that cohesiveness early on in the season well, reality is reality. It's okay. I mean, obviously, we don't enjoy seeing Malik on season-ending IR, and, and Kadeem Carey's played about a half of football for us for the season. Reggie, though, came coming back was a nice addition. Um, we just honestly, we though we have to quit making excuses, and these are our guys. Go build a relationship and, and chemistry with them, and we've got some talent. There were some open guys. We we do have to hold up a bit longer. Uh, give him a chance to see the downfield throws and, and then make them. Uh, we've had guys open. We've just been a little long or a little short. Uh, so we got to start making those and, in order to win. No question about it. Your quarterback is the most important player on the field. Are you, and obviously your offense has not performed the way you'd like it to. Jake, I, you know, he's kind of taken that upon himself to a degree. Are you seeing the right things and hearing the right things from him in terms of his approach uh, despite you know not having success early on? It gets tough. I mean, I agree. Like, um, you know, momentum is something, and confidence it's it's really about doing it. You can talk all you want, but you got to go out on the field and do it, and, and you got to get a little bit of a swagger. But in order to do that, you got to play well and you got to win. So, the one thing we're excited we want we can't wait for the next game. I know it's been a little it's eight day week for us, which is too long. We uh, we want to just play more, and we want to see if we can get into a groove and. Uh, try to find our rhythm and timing because the only way you really find it is to do it in a game. And, and that, uh, that's why that next opportunity is so important. Talk to me about the opponent, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You, you played them a few weeks back before your bye, tough loss in double overtime. Uh, they were coming off a really weird, uh, very struggling game against uh, the Elks there last week. But uh, can you take uh, any of the tape from, uh, from uh, the end of June there against the Riders and apply it to, to uh, this Saturday? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, we're probably the two teams with the most yeah. injuries, oh, and yeah. you know, but they're three and one, so uh, you know we're one and three. So it's uh, it's really that if you look at it, I don't have they don't have any sympathy for us, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of their guys and receivers out as well, which you can tell kind of affected their their output in their last game as well. So uh, tough place to play, but we enjoy playing there. We've been better on the road for some weird reason mm-hmm. than we have at home. So. Uh, you know, we know it's a big game. It's early in the season. Um, you know, for us, felt like we had a real shot to win that game and losing the way we did. Uh, you know, hopefully, we show up and and maybe uh, you know make make a make a wrong or right and and try to find a way to win this game. Dick, it's been a lot of years since you, me, your brother, uh, your your brother-in-law, or uh, no, your brother-in-law. Yeah, and we would play poker in my basement in your basement. And now you and your brother go head to head on the CF in the CFL. I'm just curious. Do you know your record against your brother? I don't know it. It's not a loaded question. I just do you know it at all times? Does one of the brother? Do you remind him or he reminds you? No, I don't know it. Uh, I do. The one that stands out to me again is we lost to him in the playoffs in the overtime, double yeah, overtime. Yeah, yeah. We've lost two double overtime games to him. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yeah, that's because uh, those are, you know, to me, you're, you're right there. and you, you win those, you feel so good about yourself, you lose them. And not like hockey, you don't get a point. Um, so you just feel so deflated and you gotta, you got to try to find a way to, to move past it. Don't know, it really, it's not, it's not, it's kind of an old story for me. You know, we've played enough now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first couple of times it was, it was cool for my parents and all that. But, 
Now it's just a, another, you know, opponent that, that, that we don't like each other, and I think it, it, it's, it is a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth, you know, when we when we see Ryder fans uh, around the city, we want to make sure we've beat them so we can talk talk uh, talk our game a little bit and uh, losing in that double overtime, uh, that's certainly not the way we want to leave it. So we got to go out there and get a win, and we got to play better. We got to find find ways to get the confidence in the room growing and try to get that swagger back. Oh. Uh, uh, to the you added to the receiving core yesterday in the in the, adding to the practice squad. Jaleel Billingsley played some time in Alabama, went to Texas. What did you like about his game that uh, made you sign him? Well, we think we got to get better. We got to find ways to to make matchup problems. But it's a it's just one signing. It's a practice roster. It's really yeah. uh, I think he has a chance. So I wouldn't bring him in. He. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a pedigree, and he's got the the body, and he's a big big man that has some quickness and uh, pretty good speed. So, just got to see what's about him. And he's been on our nag list, so he was one of those mm-hmm. where I think he was waiting for another opportunity, it didn't come, and he says, "Hey, I'd like to come up now." And and I'm not going to let him go. Uh, you know, a six four guy that runs four five five without looking at him. It is tough though, because how do you evaluate guys without really seeing what they can do in a game? Um, but we brought him up. We've got room at this point, and see what we can do, and uh, try to find some talent. Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. Dave, best of love, this uh, best of luck this week. Thanks for this. Okay, talk to you guys later. Take there care. Say hi to Craig for me. All right, <laughs> there you go. Um, Dave Dickinson on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, fifteen-time Consumers Choice Award winner at sixty sixty Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call four zero three two four eight thirty three forty four. Is he a good poker player? Funny story. He he was at my stag. And we had a, a poker tournament at my stag. And we kind of declared at the beginning, because there were two tables, mm-hmm. okay, 16 guys or so, I don't know. And and we declared once everybody, we've determined the final table, we're starting from scratch. Like, you don't come in with your chips. Okay. Which is not the way it's done. No. but this Every was, hand should matter. But th- anyway. This was 17, 18 years ago. And I should actually know how many years ago it was. But I, and and we and uh, don't worry, my wife's definitely not listening right now. Sure. Uh, How do you know she's not a big fan? She's not a fan of mine at all. Oh, I know for sure. That, what, you know, maybe, she likes, maybe she likes years. Patrick. Maybe she likes the station. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she's a big Maddie Rose girl. I don't know. Could be, but she knows he's on holiday. So okay, okay, no, right. well, that's, that's a fair point. But it, definitely not. Anyway, Dicky came in to the final table with a whole bunch of chips. He's a good player. Yeah. yeah. The answer is yes. He's a good poker player. And uh, I think you have to be a good poker player if you're like a head coach in the in pro sports, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so he comes to the final table with all these chips, and then we break the news to him. No, we had declared, like everybody heard it. We declared that we're gonna, <laughs> and he just philosophically disagreed with the concept, yes. and plus it really hurt him. And it was about a twenty minute argument, <laughs> and it got quite not heated, like no one was gonna fight anyone. But it was like really kind of like, oh my god, are we really spending twenty minutes fighting about this? Yeah. Anyway, he ended up winning the tournament anyway, so he shut the hell up. Okay. But uh, I did. I have played a lot of poker with Dicky over the years, and his, you know, I think it's his cousin Rick, and, and anyway, and and Craig. It's funny, and and other guys around the league, like Kahari Jones, used to play sometimes. Yeah. And all these at one point they were like. I think four coaches in the league, and I'm like, I used to play poker with all those guys <laughs> in my house. Yeah, <laughs> only in the CFL is that possible, yeah, right, right? Of course, yeah, exactly. And then years ago, I went and but, we're not going to get into. It. I, I played for the Tiger Cats, and 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 one of my teammates ended up now becoming a, a head coach in the in the CFL as well. So there's all these connections around the CFL. 
I love the league. I've covered it for mm-hmm. like 20 years. I haven't covered it for like a decade, but I just have so much respect for, for Dickey, for his brother, and all those people who keep the heartbeat of that league going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not it's having a tough time right now, the CFL. It lost a lot of momentum, in my opinion, during the pandemic. Losing a whole year was just killer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of struggling to find its footing again right now. And well, I know Jay McNeil, there's another guy who I've played a ton of golf with, and you know, he's president of the team now. He's he's a guy who I is working very hard downtown here selling tickets and trying to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. I hope he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they should be playing today because it's the slowest day in North American professional sports, the CFL as a league. But I was uh, complaining about that earlier. It doesn't matter that it's Wednesday. Showcase your league. Uh, there's nothing else going on. MLS soccer, who cares? Yeah. Uh, is- people would watch football today. And we got, don't we have a couple matches here at Wimbledon? Yeah, yeah during be, the day. They'll be done yeah. by yeah, you're 2 right. o'clock. At night, yep. we got nothing tonight. The ESPYs so, are on tonight. Who cares about that? The ESPYs are show. still a thing? I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah they are. The first year, they don't have a host either. Yeah. I was going through the nominees and everything. Yeah. So how are they going to move it Best around? Best sports team. Is there some, like, some voiceover on a screen? Like, here's your best male athlete. Yeah. Well, my guess is... ESPN just laid off a whole bunch of people. The yeah. people that were going to host <laughs> maybe got let go, and they're like, "Oh or, snap!" Or we look back. Hey, we just we just got rid of Susie Culver. But we can't pay this person to host our show. A celebrity. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, it looked bad optics, mm-hmm. right? So all about cost cutting. Yeah, it's true. What a business. Uh, poor Disney. Uh, not making enough bank. <laughs> um, Joey Jaws Chestnut going to join us at the top of the hour. Yep. Um, we have a pair of tickets to give away to the Badlands Music Festival, the Friday, Saturday nights, uh, the, the big, 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 big acts. Yes. Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, we asked at in the six o'clock hour, Eric, um, the question uh, we want to ask Joey Chestnut via Texty McTexterson. If we get your question in, you'll win the tickets. It's that simple. Also, we want to hear what the competitive eating name would be for Mr. Eric Francis. 960-960 name and location. We'll do those to wrap up the show at 8.30 for our second pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. Some of these are very clever. Okay, good to hear it. So I'll ask you this. Yes. And I'm going to ask Joey this. But if if you had to do an eating contest, what would be the food? Because I've thought about that all morning long because I'm really hungry right now. Yep. I was out late last night. Didn't uh, have the pizza to cap it off. Yeah. Um, pizza slices would definitely be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mini powdered white sugar donuts. Ooh, you've had you've had the mini donuts. At, you were on the midway yesterday, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. delicious. How could you go wrong with you those? Can't. Did oh, you get you, the mustard ice cream? No, I did not oh. get the mustard ice cream. Oh, come on. No, did you get the? <laughs> no, I, I know Dave Dickinson didn't get the mustard. He definitely ice cream. didn't he get did the not must- get the mustard. Who's ketchup and mustard ice cream? Yeah, okay. I want to <laughs> say I could. I, it's a kind of a silly one because you would fill up so quickly, but I, I feel like sushi. I love sushi. Oh. Just little bite-sized dynamite rolls. I just be throwing those back. Yep. Yeah. And all that soy and salt and boil. Oh. You'd hate yourself in an right. hour. Oh. But boy, I feel like that would be the one I'd want the most. But you you raise a good point. Like mini donuts or any any sort of sugary thing. Yep. I, I'd love to just... Like waffles appealed to me. I see Joey's got a record for waffles. Yeah. There's lots of stuff he has records yeah, for. Yeah. Are we going to go through them when he, when he comes We can. Down? Because I, I, I we saw can take that wherever you want to take it. Oh, it's so exciting. It is exciting. Oh, uh, what else I'm is exciting? I'm just thinking about it now. What else is exciting is giving away a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival mm-hmm. with a question. What do you got? What does Texty have for us here? How many? Uh, we have seven questions Ooh, for Joey. Seven good questions. All right. Hit it, Texty. Mike and Innisfail. Joey, how long after a competition until you eat again? Do you sit down to have dinner a few hours later or is it a day or two? All right. Okay. Those are good. 
Okay, Mike from Innisfail. Okay, dinner question. All right, not bad. KVW at the Calgary airport. How much hollandaise sauce do you think you could eat? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just shoveling. Okay, that's Dave all at YYC. Okay, hollandaise. No egg. Just hollandaise. Yeah, ho- just the hollandaise. Just the hollandaise. Okay. Disgusting. I like that one. Okay. Mike and Airdrie, do you enjoy hot dogs as a meal during a normal day, or does he only eat hot dogs during competition? Mm. Like you hard hitting like, stuff. That's hard like, hitting stuff. I wouldn't want to eat the hot dog. If I'm getting geared up for July 4th, I don't want to see a hot dog for but you, probably No, but you got to train. You got to train, but I want, I want to get away from the hot dogs for at least a couple weeks. You got to train. What, you're going to go into a weightlifting competition without lifting weights? That's fair. Can't do that. I don't know. That's well, strategy. We'll find out. I, I think a better question is how long until after a competition would you well, even see look a at a hot dog? dog oh. Right? Like, oh. you couldn't look at one for many, many weeks, if not months, I would think. But yeah. then, then a big check comes along, and you're like, ah, I got to show up in Skokie and throw <laughs> yep. back forty at least. Yep. Just to you know keep the paychecks yeah, coming. Keep in. the fans. Yeah, yeah. Keep the fans happy. You got to keep the peeps happy. <laughs> yep. All right. Justin in Calgary. What sort of training is required to be a national glizzy slammer? Right. Okay. I know he. I know he does weights with his jaws. Like he does. I like saw exercises. that documentary. Yeah. It's legit. That's fascinating. Well, that's why he's the best in the world. He's like the Tiger Woods of competitive eating, how Tiger brought in fitness and weightlifting into golf. Yeah, That's yeah. what Joey Chestnut did for competitive eating. <laughs> it's not just some, you know, slob just cramming things down his pie hole. No, he actually trains his mouth and his jaw to, to, to able to, to, to jam them all in there. Ryan in Hussar, <sighs> which of your world records do you feel is the most untouchable? Oh, Whoa! that's a great question. Which one is that? The old Gretzky Ryan question. Ryan and Hussar. Okay, I like that one. Okay. Jim from Calgary. Joey, if you are having a barbecue, what goes on the grill? <laughs> oh, I like that Hot one. Hot dogs going Jim on the too. grill? Yeah, okay. Uh, Dan and Carstairs. Hey, Joey, have you ever entered a chestnut eating contest at Christmas time? <laughs> a chestnut for the chestnut? Yeah, how many chestnuts okay. can you do? All right. I see what he did. Are they roasted on an open fire? All right. Is that it? That's the question. Okay. Which one did you like the most? I like Ryan's question the best. The untouchable. The untouchable and play it. Yeah. Ryan in Hussar, which of your world records do you feel is the most untouchable? All right, Ryan. Congratulations. You've won a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival Friday and Saturday night. We have another pair of tickets to give away at the end of the show. But you got to give us the competitive eating name for Eric Francis. What would it be? 960, 960, name and location. Keep those rolling in. Uh, super excited. Some of those are really good, Eric. You're actually going to be impressed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they're impressed. And you, do you, you, think... you don't see the text line. You don't nope. have access to it. Nope. But I, I, I've seen some of them, and some of them are really clever. Do you think any of them will, uh, no pun intended, will stick? Maybe. Like, you know. You're always calling me franchise, and yep. my buddies call me Franny. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, like you know, I, I've I've got three or four. Of my buddies back home, I'll call me Ricky. Okay, it's a weird one, but it's <laughs> yeah. just you know, sometimes they don't need an explanation; they just happen. You think that it could, like, if you you're out there like tonight at the staff party, and you like have something like afterwards, and you're just crushing it, like, wow, there's Eric the blank Francis. Yeah. Eric uh, got, got Rock Francis. Yeah. Got Rock Francis. Yeah. That oh, could no. stick. Yeah. Maybe, but there's a lot better ones. Yeah. That one well, on the text I'm, line I'm I, was, I didn't wake up this morning thinking, oh, this is going to be a wicked day 
I might get a new nickname. Yeah. Today's the day. Today's staff <laughs> party day. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. And yeah. To be honest, quite a little bit worried about that. Yeah. Because um, it is Stampede. And and we have a show tomorrow. But you're yeah. getting a new nickname today. And you get to talk to Joey Chestnut next. Oh, we'll do that. It's the big you. show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.